Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 3rd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, let's start off with yesterday's poll question on Bucknuts. We do a poll of the day, Monday through Thursday. Yesterday's poll question was, what is the best positional battle for Ohio State heading into this season? Now, the way we do the polls, we just give one option. You only can vote on one. I want you to give your top three. You know, th- there's things like backup quarterback, you know, running back, starting X receiver, starting right tackle, starting three-tech defensive tackle, will linebacker, safety, maybe even something else, maybe corner. What are your top three position battles in order? Yeah, I, I voted on this poll. My number one position battle was the right tackle spot because I think uh, Paris Johnson's absolutely going to push Nicholas Petit for And it'll be interesting to see how – things shake out I think uh, uh, Nicholas will get the, the nod early on in camp especially with him being familiar with the program and the playbook and the way they go about their business but make no mistake Paris Johnson is a beast I think he is talented enough to start as a true freshman at that right tackle position and I think it's going to be a, a heated uh, competition once the pads come on but I, I'm looking at that position because whoever wins it would definitely solidify themselves for the next few years there. But I feel good about where Ohio State stands as far as their depth at the at the tackle in the offensive line position right now with the guys that they have. So I'm keeping a close eye on that one. My number two was, was the quarterback position, the backup quarterback position between C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller. I just think that's going to be, excuse me, a heck of a competition there. I know a lot of people are extremely high on C.J. Stroud coming off elite elite 11 win last year. And the guy looks like he's a gifted pocket passer as well as his legs are good enough to to get, get out of trouble when you need it. And I also think that Jack Miller is a guy, when healthy, is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's a kid that's coming in uh, pretty big already as far as college body, 6'3", uh, you know, 220, 225. And he has a cannon of an arm. He's a heck of a quarterback. And his his stock was on the rise until he got hurt. And now that he's been away from football for so long, he should be fully healthy. And I think that's going to be a heck of a competition between those two. And then if, if you wanna if you wanna talk about the third position, I mean it, it you can go in a variety of directions, but I just wanna see what the what the defensive backs, the safety position is gonna look like, especially with Kerry Combs taking over. Um, primarily as a secondary coach there, what is he going to be looking at as far as the talent in, on that back end? Because Ohio State under 
uh, Terry Combs, since he's been there, they've had some extremely uh, well-played safety uh, ball coming out of there with Malik Hooker and, and Bomb Bell and, and those guys. So I'm looking at those three positions as the, the competition starts to ramp up once they give full tilt to go come July. July, I think it's July 8th. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I voted in my own poll, and I voted for safety. I think that's the most interesting, in my opinion, if, if it just comes down to Hooker or Proctor. I think that's interesting. Um, one thing that uh, I want to get into is Will Linebacker. It's not, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been in my top three either, but it's still intriguing. I know it wasn't in your top three, but Buckeyes losing Malik Harrison, who was very good, third-round pick. And I liked Kayvon Pope a lot, a lot last year as his backup J-Book. But there's going to be other guys in the mix. I mean, Baron Browning's going to be moving around a lot. He could be in the mix to start at that Will linebacker spot. You know, Justin Hilliard. You know, they could move other guys over there. Just how do you think the Will linebacker spot's going to shake out? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because when you look at the linebacker position, that's probably one of the deepest positions on the team, especially when it comes to veteran leadership. And I think what they're, what they're going to do is they're going to utilize Baron Browning's skill set as far as being able to allow him to also play on the line of scrimmage and get after the quarterback. Because I think when it comes to see ball, get ball, I think Baron Browning really stands out in that type of play. I, I, I'm looking at Justin Hillier, a healthy Justin Hillier, to be the guy who's going to potentially fill in that role. Because I think Justin Hillier was really flashing. And you mentioned Kayvon Pope. He's a heck of a ball player. And, and the thing with Kayvon Pope was anytime you saw him on the field, he was making plays. And the thing that you really have to like about the linebacker position is that next wave of guys, those younger guys that are coming up, they've been in the program for several years now. I truly believe that if we didn't have so, so much veteran leadership, Ahead of them, a lot of those guys will be playing a significant amount of minutes to utilize because if they're going to be having a situation where they're going to be taking a defensive end off the field and utilizing Baron Browning in that role, where do they feel comfortable bringing in the next wave of guys? I, I'm looking at Justin Hillier because I think he, he really showed that he can play at this level last year coming back and then just having his leadership I, I almost look at Justin Hillier as uh, a Curtis Grant type of guy. Highly rated coming into the program. Really didn't make the big splash that you was hoping for when you look at his recruiting rankings, but was is well-respected within the program. Shows a tremendous amount of leadership. But when he got his chance in the later part of his career, he was a big-time big guy who was able to, to contribute to the program and also show those those younger guys how to go about their business switching gears let's look at recruiting a little bit um tristan lee is a five-star offensive tackle as pretty much everybody listening to the show knows he is the number three offensive tackle in the country according to the 24 7 sports composite the number 11 overall player in the country so you got three o tackles in the top 11 overall young man out of virginia Travion Henderson, the five-star running back, number one running back in the country, has helped recruiting his uh, fellow Virginian to Ohio State. Jay Book, just what are your thoughts on this recruitment? What is your confidence level that Ohio State can land Tristan Lee in this class? I would say my confidence level is, is medium right now because I think Ohio State still has a lot of ground to make up with LSU and Clemson. 
Uh, I think Ohio State, they were they were very heavy on the recruitment with J.C. Latham, thinking that that may be the guy who's going to be able to fill that position. And once he flipped to Alabama that that recruit or committed to Alabama, that's when you start seeing Ohio State picking up the steam when it comes to lay. Uh, one thing that you have to like is that he said that he's been in contact with Coach Stud quite a bit, and he really likes how – him and Coach Stud are building that relationship to where they're able to break down film and watch film together. By no means is Ohio State out of this. I just think that Ohio State has some ground to make up. The biggest thing for Ohio State is they have to get this kid on campus uh, once the visits and stuff are allowed. The, the NCAA is really holding up a lot of the recruiting. I think with them extending the, the dead period, to the end of August, it really puts a hamper on a lot of these kids who are kind of on the fence getting a second or third look at some of the schools that they're interested in. So it does a disservice to the kid by the NCAA continue to extend these dead periods. But I think Ohio State, they have a puncher's chance here. I know our own Bill Curlick on Bucknuts said he's calling it about a 40% right now. Uh, by no means, like I said, is Ohio State out of this. They just have to continue to grind continue to build that relationship and just keep uh, keep their fingers crossed that they can get this kid back on campus. All right, the Elite 11 quarterback camp, Jay Book, wrapped up a couple days ago in Nashville. Of course, Kyle McCord in the 2021 class for Ohio State, the five-star prospect. He finished fifth overall, according to the 24-7 sports rankings. I think the in-house Elite 11 guys ranked him third overall. Michigan recruit J.J. McCarthy finished seventh, according to 24-7 sports. McCord did win the Pro Day competition on Tuesday, and sounds like he struggled a little bit Monday and then looked great on Tuesday and looked really good again on Wednesday. Just from what you have seen and what you've heard, what are your thoughts on Kyle McCord's performance at the Elite 11? Yeah, I think you could be happy about it and, and, and really proud that Ryan Day saw his talent early on when deciding between him and J.J. McCarthy. It, and if you look at the pro day, he was dropping dimes out there. That's back-to-back -back years. Ohio State quarterbacks have won that competition with C.J. Stroud winning it last year, completing 50 uh, passes there. And, and to me, the biggest thing is the accuracy. That's what you're seeing out of Kyle, uh, out of Kyle McCord. He's not the fastest guy. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are saying he's heavy leg, but to me, I think his legs are fine. They're, they're, his speed is good enough to get you out of trouble. He's not going to be a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, but what you're looking at is an evolution in Ohio State's playbook and how Ohio, Ohio State is going to be attacking teams. We went from the JT Bear era where quarterbacks – uh, where defenses were 10 yards off the line of scrimmage because they didn't respect what Ohio State was able to do as far as the, the passing game. Then you, then you transition to Dwayne Haskin, who throws for 50 touchdowns, and now we're in a situation where Justin Fields is going to be the top two quarterbacks drafted in, in come next year, and he is a, a game changer with his arm and also dynamics with his legs. And then you bring in C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, just a bevy of quarterbacks that Brian Day is starting to, to stockpile in the program is impressive because I think Kyle McCord, his arm is arguably one of the best arms in high school for his class. And the fact that you're, you're pairing him up with Jack Miller or C.J. Stroud just lets you know that the – the lineage of a Ohio State quarterback play is going to continue for years to come. I'm just excited because now 
we've transitioned from a program to where we have run first quarterbacks to where our quarterbacks are now able to make any throw in the football field. And once you have a quarterback tech that can make any throw in the football field, it really opens up the playbook because what you're seeing is a, also an evolution of recruiting at the wide receiver position with Brian Hartline. He's getting five-star guys left and right at the wide receiver position. But more importantly, you're getting guys that know how to play the wide receiver position. One thing that you saw from Urban Meyer was a transition from guys playing running back in high school to wide receiver or a quarterback playing um, wide, moving to wide receiver here at Ohio State. And the development wasn't always there. And it took guys a whole lot longer. Now you're having a situation where we have pass-first quarterbacks getting the football to a bunch of guys in space and allowing them to create mismatches in the Big Ten. And right now, when you look at Ohio State, I, I would put their depth chart when it comes to quarterback against anyone, any program in the country right now. No question about it. Current and future. Very well said. Last thing on the show here. This is something you wanted to talk about. I find this very interesting. So you are either reading or saw something or you're hearing that Michigan is now going to take the rivalry against Ohio State more seriously. What a concept. Uh, it, <laughs> regale the listeners of what you're hearing about the Wolverines actually taking the rivalry a little more seriously. Yeah, I, I uh, tweeted out an article yesterday from Michigan Wire who who interviewed one of their star defense end up there in Michigan. And, and it's the same – and it's a, it's the same – Michigan type of propaganda that you're starting to see once again. It's, hey, let's let's talk about Ohio State and what we're not doing and how we're going to be um, how we're going to be figuring out how we're going to handle this rivalry. And to me, I find it absolutely hilarious that these guys are now deciding that they're going to start paying attention to Ohio State and, and what's going on with the rivalry. Basically, the kids said, hey, we're going to start watching Ohio State every week after our games. We're going to start instilling hate in our freshmen like Ohio State does. We're going to start taking the rivalry more seriously because – we hate these guys, but we're not. It's not showing up on the field, and I find that absolutely hilarious. That a guy is, is being seven, being paid seven million dollars a year in Jim Harbaugh, who's supposed to be the guy who who takes Michigan to the next level, where he can't even get his kids to play at a high level in the rivalry. Like I find it just unthinkable that they aren't even paying attention to what Ohio State does. And if you, if you look at Ohio State fans and everyone within Ohio State program, it's a way of life. It's a culture. And, and the fact that these guys are talking again this offseason, every year something. It was the revenge tour a couple years ago. And then last year was Don Brown saying that he couldn't sleep all offseason because he, had, he was having nightmares against the, the Ohio State wide receivers running free. And he vows that that won't happen again. And look what happened again. The Michigan faithful are once again talking about what they plan on doing, but once the games come on, come around, and they strap up those helmets, it's it's going to be another issue where Michigan is all talk in the offseason and no bite once the games start. And they get to come to Columbus this year. Good good luck, boys. Great stuff, as always, out of Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Happy birthday, America. I hope everyone has a great 4th of July weekend. Really appreciate it. 
if you like the show, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. It really helps. If you're listening on YouTube, you like the show, subscribe. That really helps. We really appreciate that. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thank you again to all the listeners. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's try that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Mm-hmm.